Hello, and welcome to The Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who had association with The Kosh or the surrounding Fox News area. Kosh listeners, how are you doing today? Um, Let me give you my normal report of what's going on today. Actually doing back-to-back recordings. Uh, We did one yesterday. Uh, I think I'm going to release that episode early because it was so fire. It was super fire. And so I'm excited to release that. And I haven't had a chance to release one in a couple of weeks because we've had some technical difficulties. But we're back. We're back and I'm happy to be back with you. Um, It's gloomy today. It's one of those days. Like uh, It's not horrible because it is not raining nor snowing but it's one of those days that just look really gloomy and it has got that chill to it and uh i don't know i don't know what to do with that but you know what it doesn't change the energy that is in this space because you already know i've got a fire guest my guest is so fire and i'll tell you something about this guest uh you know normally i do some prep before we get started uh with the episode and they're just like, they feel professional. <laughs> Wait, they feel more professional than me, which is actually amazing. So I'm all about that because I'm no professional. So it's nice to work with one. <laughs> so without further ado, this week's guest is Amber Amber Hammond. Did I get that right? You did. Okay. I didn't slaughter it. All no. right. See, because I did forget to phonetically ask how to say it because I am known for slaughtering some last names. This is just, just goes with the, the role. You did perfect. All right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty, I'm, I'm doing really good. You know, it's a fabulous day. We're about to have a fabulous episode. We are. Yes. Yes. All right. So, um, Amber, can you please share a little something about yourself and uh, what's your connection to the cash and, you know. Yeah, so I'm originally from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I grew up in Menominee, Michigan all my life, and I came to Oshkosh for college. Um, So I actually had a full ride to a Michigan university who shall shall (laughs) remain nameless. Um, And I decided to come to Oshkosh because um, actually my aunt came here, and it just felt like home when I visited the campus, and I turned down my full ride scholarship to come here. I don't think my mom's over that yet. Um, But yeah, so I came to UW Oshkosh, and I ended up studying public relations and marketing. I got to be the president of our National Honor Society at Oshkosh, which was amazing. Yeah, did that. Um, Had tremendous employment opportunities, which I'm sure we'll touch on coming up to. Um, so that was really cool. Lots of good internships, lots of great connections I made. And I loved Oshkosh so much that I hope to stay here most of my life. Okay. So you, you're hunkered down now. I am. I love the city. Oh, me too. So yeah, that's how I got here. Come to school here, UWO, the community pulls you in. And the next thing you know, you're here for 30 years. <laughs> no, that's just mine. <laughs> All right. That's fabulous. Um, siblings? I do. I have three little sisters, actually. I have a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 5-year-old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how is that um, Upper Peninsula, Michigan? Is it really similar? Is the culture very similar to Wisconsin? Or is it? Is it, are you considered a youper? 
You know, I no longer consider myself a youper. Um, I actually gave the commencement address in 2021 at UWO, and my response was, I no longer feel like I'm from the UP. I feel like I'm from Oshkosh because of how much this place made me feel like it's my home now. Um, and I thoroughly believe that. So yeah, I always got asked, I was a tour guide at UWO, and what is the difference between here and the Upper Peninsula, and is the weather different? Um, where I'm from, I'm so close to the Wisconsin border, the weather is the same. I guarantee it. Um, there's no difference with the weather. Um with Oshkosh and the UP, I feel like everyone is very overly friendly. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that stayed the same. But, yeah, no, there's a lot of similarities. Um, the only difference is you guys actually have, like, Kadoba And, like, what is that in the UP? We don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't have a Kadoba I think, anywhere near me. And the closest store was in Wisconsin. So we had a Kmart. And then when Kmart closed, uh, you had to go over the bridge into Wisconsin to go to Walmart. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Wow. So is this a small city you were from? Small town? Small it had like 10,000-ish people. Okay. So That's not small, small. I mean, there's mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, I know people who've come from places that are, you know, three digits, so. Well, yeah, no, and I mean, Michigan, you know, the people from the UPUP, like you get further up there, they don't want to own us because they're like, no, you guys are Wisconsin. And the Wisconsin's like, no, you guys are the UP because we're the furthest point in the UP is where I grew up. Mm. So the UP was like, you're not UP. And Wisconsin's like, you're not Wisconsin. So we're just kind of our floating little area. Um, well, I'm going to tell you, this was what will tell us who and what you really are. Bruh. What football team? The Packers. Okay, that says it. <laughs> We know who you are. Now we claim you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you already know how this works. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Uh, you ready to jump into the first segment? So ready. Okay. The first segment is what in the world is going on with this, is where you start with the phrase, what in the world is going on with, and you share what's on your mind. So what in the world is going on with Wednesday on Netflix's hold over the world right now? Bruh. Break it down. So, okay, so the Adams Family, everyone knows that everyone loves it, um, for the most part. And so they made this um, series on Netflix where it's about Wednesday and her life, and she goes off to a boarding school because she was getting into some trouble in public school. Um, and the boarding school turns out to be for kids with special abilities. And now it's like it's on TikTok, it's on Facebook, you can't go anywhere without it. Um, you see all these posts that are like, oh, you know, people that used to pick on people that were all black in high school are now wearing all black. Um, and I used to be that kid that got picked on for wearing black. I went through my little phase. Yeah. And uh, I jumped back into it. Wednesday got a hold of me, actually. I um, actually yesterday bought two pairs of Doc Martin looking boots just because I saw them on Wednesday and I wanted them for myself. Mm, you are wearing black right now. Yeah, because of that, actually, these are one of the boots that I bought. Oh, I the Doc Martin ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but Wednesday's got a hold on the world. You see this dance; it's trending all over with the Lady Gaga song. Um, so that's cool. Um, it's just all over the place. So Wednesday was released um, in November, and now it's got a hold. Okay, I have not. I've I've seen memes about Wednesday, and it's that's amazing. it. I haven't watched an episode, so the it's it's good. It is absolutely amazing. Um, my friend actually started the series, and I was like, nah, I'm not going to watch it. I love horror stuff. It's like my favorite thing in the world. But I was like, no, it's not going to be good. Well, like two episodes in, I was hooked. Like I was hooked. Line and sinker would not give up on it. All right. So I wait, is it is it a weekly release or can you binge? No, you binge it. It's all out. It's all out. It's all out. Okay. Yep. Fabulous. All right. So Wednesday, that's what's up. Yeah. All right. So... You know, I had a couple of ideas about what in the world is going on 
this week, but I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one for the Sagittarius's. So what in the world is going on with people never giving you a gift for your birthday when it's in December? Everybody always blends those birthday gifts. It's wrong. I, as a person who has a December birthday, and my wife also, as a matter of fact, shout out to the Sagittarius's, um, that we always get the blended gift. I think it's traumatizing personally. Like, I don't think no one wants to really admit it. Cause you know what? We don't complain about it cause we do get good gifts out of it. But at the end of the day, we never get the birthday gift. Everyone comes and just says, eh, we're just going to get you something really good for Christmas. And it's like, no, I want something for my birthday and I want something for Christmas. How do I know? that I wouldn't have got something really, really good for my birthday and got something really, really good for Christmas. You don't know. You don't know. So this, this what in the world is going on with is for all of those with birthdays around Christmas. And you know who I even think is just as bad? Those who have birthdays right after Christmas. It's not any better because you're even worse. I guarantee you people then definitely say this is for Christmas and your birthday. Well, yeah, or else you're getting the clearance gift from the Christmas clearance. You know what? I'm about the clearance gift because it's on sale, you know, because the clearance gift is going to be cheaper. So maybe I get a better gift because it's 50% off because they're trying to clear it out. Maybe. You know what? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you decide, if you tell me, hey, I'm going to wait to give you your gift because I'm going to get you a really good gift off the clearance gift. I'm not mad about that because then I feel like it's going to be good because it's bound to be like 50% off. I think it's fair. Until it's expired candy. Um, Does candy really expire? I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, does hard candy really expire? Chocolate? Chocolate? I'm not even sure chocolate. What I will say is the only thing that I can I'll have a complaint about with candy and expiration is Reese cups because mm-hmm. the 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 peanut butter the peanut butter gets a little hard, and I like my peanut butter creamy. I get it. It's fair. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. All right. So that's why what in the world is going on with. So I'm gonna say for all of, all of you who have loved ones with December birthdays, I'm not saying you got to do it this year, but one year. One year, can you just go ahead and give them a a birthday gift and a Christmas gift and not call it both? That's it. Hey. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are going to jump into the next segment. The next segment is word associations. I'm going to say a word and you just share with us what comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Start off with our all unifying word that brings us together, and that word is food. Domino's Alfredo. Domino, break that down. Domino's has the best Alfredo in the world, hands down. Come at me, I don't care. It is the best Alfredo ever. For real? Yes, and it's on the five ninety nine two for five ninety nine deal. Wait, so this is five ninety nine high quality Alfredo? I mean, I'm gonna call it high quality. You might not. Okay. But I'm going to say it is. Yeah, all right. But if we're going for local, Mara's Brazilian Slaps. Oh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I guess that we just had um, in the last episode totally celebrated it. That was what they talked about. So I'm I'm intrigued. It is the best in the world. Yeah? Yes. Okay. This is good. Um, so I, I here's what I always do. I say, you know what? If you mention it, we got to go to it. 
got to go on a field trip. Got to take me there because I have not been there yet. And I didn't even know it existed. Deal. Anytime. Anytime. Do we got a favorite? Oh, her beef stroganoff is amazing. Yeah. It is literally tastes like beef tips, but it's not. But it tastes just like it. Just like it. Yeah. And she serves it over rice and she'll offer you some potato chips to put on top of it. I do it without. I don't think you need them, but you could get them. Okay. That's what's up. All right. So Mara's. Brazilian, it's Mara's Brazilian cuisine. Cuisine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, look, we're going to have to get there. All right. Cocktail or beer? Okay. So I actually do not drink, but the one drink I will tolerate, don't laugh, is actually a White Claw. I love White Claws. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Yeah. White Claw. White Claw. Yep. Do we got a favorite White Claw? The raspberry if I have to, but I still got to choke it down. Got to choke it down. I got to choke it down. All right. But, uh, you know, the whole seltzer trend is, um, is very yeah. um, interesting <laughs> to me. Like how all of a sudden, like, and I mean, everyone drinks these things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care who you are. If you are a beer guy, cocktail guy, there's so many times that you, it's like, it's become the go-to. Yeah. Let me get a seltzer. And I'm just like, uh, see, but. I just feel a little bit differently because when I ask for a seltzer, I would like some Tito's or Grey Goose in it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Can we just? But yeah. okay, mm-hmm. all right. If uh, what is your drink? Then what is your favorite drink outside Ooh. of libations? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. I drink. I kid you not. Four to six cans a day. What? Bruh. I don't know. Is that right? I don't know. I get yelled at by my coworkers. They'll be like, what number are you on today? And like, I just can't stop. So yeah, four to six. Four to six Diet Coke. A day. Okay. And no water. No water. No. None. I hate water. Oh my God. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. Concert. Post Malone. Did you go recently? I did. I went to see him in Milwaukee, and I'm not a concert buff, um, but he was like my third. I mean, I've seen the Cheetah Girls and stuff, so we're talking real mild. Wait, Cheetah Girls? Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in like 2006, well, that was a thing. Um, but yeah, so Post Malone, I went to see Korn um, a little bit ago, well, probably a couple years ago now, and Post Malone tops anything I've ever seen in my life, and that's like little girl Amber's fantasy was seeing the Cheetah Girls, you know, with all the confetti. No, Post Malone topped it. Yes. My daughter went to the Post Malone concert and she said it was fire it was literally like amazing i didn't want it to stop it went on for two hours and i kept hoping he'd keep going and it was amazing all right so post malone has a fire concert oh yeah well if he came once maybe he'll come again wait where was his venue at again at the pfizer forum at the oh okay so this was a big concert oh yeah and it was completely sold out we actually were in the nosebleed nosebleed seats and we were trying to look on the ticket little app to see if there are any closer ones like the day of and you maybe had like access to five tickets throughout the whole concert as people were switching seats and that was it mm. yeah okay streaming so i absolutely love the show teen mom from back in the day what yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, you're going to use that button a lot today. But yeah, uh, Teen Mom is like my ultimate show when I was little. Um, I used to watch it every week religiously. I don't know why, Um, but it became my hook. And um, I watch it all the time as like background noise now. I've seen the episodes hundreds of times and I can't stop. But I'm really into Bob's Burgers, too. Oh, I've never really I've seen bits and pieces of episodes and there's definitely it's funny. But I haven't I haven't sat down and dug in. 
Oh, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. Is it, that good? It gets you. Like, it's a perfect nighttime show. Ah, okay. So, like, mindless humor. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay. I like that. I, you know, because when I'm, whatever I watch at night, I don't want to have to think that hard about it. No, no, you don't. But I, I, I love, I love good humor. Um, do. Yeah. So, but, um, okay. That's what's up. Uh, I'm not, yeah. Okay. I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone. Go for it. Oh, <laughs> all right. Shop local. So I really, really am into Wagner's Meat Market. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, love yeah. all their different concoctions that they have. Um, so I love anything with like cheese in it. So I'm a big like any kind of cheese brought kind of thing. That's Ooh. my thing. Um, but as far as like shopping and stores go, I really, really enjoy going into actually Caramel Crisp and looking at all their cute little like knickknack kind of things. Ooh. So Caramel Crisp. Caramel Crisp. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a fan favorite. They do. Um, I haven't gone. I don't. I definitely don't go there very often, but I will say this. They got some good soup. Yes. Like I'm a soup kind of sewer. Like if they got soup and it's not like a chicken noodle, but it's something else. Like mm-hmm. I got to kind of fill your soup out. I do the same thing with chilies. Okay. Wherever you, wherever chilies are, I got to try your chili. I just need okay. to know, is it, is it your quality chili or trash chili? Ooh. Well, yeah. no, because everybody, look, right. everybody can't do chili. No. You know, and if it's a white chicken chili, then I really invested because I, I, I really like to know. I've never had white chicken chili. What? Bruh. Seriously, never. no, no. No. I, I got a fire recipe for you. Okay. Yeah. I would like to see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hook you up with that. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm going to say it is award winning. I've won many chili cook-offs with it. Um, those who know me know I am not lying. I, I have won multiple times with this white chicken chili recipe. It is fire. I'm going to hook you up. All right. All right. Please do. Um, supernatural. Ghosts. I love um, anything paranormal. Bruh. Ooh. Break that down. So uh, I actually work at the Grand Oshkosh, so one of the top 10 most haunted places in Wisconsin. And I had the honor to start um, doing a thing we call haunted happenings. Um, so we had a lot of paranormal investigators come in and do, um, we've had YouTube episodes shot there, shot um, scenes for movies were shot at the Grand. We actually had, if you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren from the Conjuring series, they've been at the Grand twice. Um, so when I found all this out, I kind of questioned, like, why don't we do anything with it? And we did kind of like a theatrical thing called Spirits of the Grand a few times, which an actor would kind of portray our ghost stories. But we actually didn't do any, like, investigation with the public. So I started that this year. Um, and it's something that was so successful. We're doing it next year, and we're making a whole month of haunted happenings. So I love talking with our ghosts. I learned how to use dowsing rods. So I got to communicate with them. And that's what we did on our tours. Uh, it, it doesn't freak you out working in an establishment that's haunted it did and it's still at times i hate going in the basement alone because i trust what i'm because i know (laughs) i know (laughs) that when i have the sticks like no one else unless you have the sticks you don't know someone's faking it okay but like i know that i'm not faking it so i know stuff's down there so the basement scares me because that's where I get the most activity when I'm doing my ghost tours and because I know that it's not me answering questions I, I get nervous. Like, I was a skeptic. You know, you see people go down there with their little sticks and ask questions, and it's like, are you moving them? But then when I tried it and found out that you don't have to do anything, they just go on their own. Um, yep. So the basement. I do go down there sometimes, but I definitely get, like, that heart palpitation, cold sweat every time. And because 
I've been talking with other paranormal people that have been at the Grand, and because I do communicate with them on tours and I'm so open to them, um, they feel the need to be around me more, apparently. <laughs> and that also creeps me out because they see me as like a door. Uh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So I always feel like they're by me because they see me as, oh, that's the girl that talks to us. Let's go hang out. See, that was, you know, we've had a ghost hunter on here. Oh, cool. Yes, uh, Michael. And that was my thing. I told him, look, I don't mess with him. I don't, look, I don't want those problems because I think it's, I feel like ghosts are one of those things where once you, once you open the box, you can't put them back in. Yeah. Once that, you know, can't put the jack back in the box. So I'm like, look, I don't want nothing following me around, hanging out with me, feeling like we're friends. You know, I look, I ain't mad at you that you're a ghost. I just don't know if we can have a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. It creeps my husband out. I come home at night and he's like, did you bring anything with you? I don't know. Did I? See, I can't answer that. See, you might have to get saged like daily. I sage my house weekly since I started doing it. So maybe I should change it to daily, but it's been weekly. Weekly? Okay. Does it seem to help? Not that I noticed. I mean, it feels the same after. So. so it feels the same. Okay. Maybe they're, well, you know, if they're, if they're centralized safe space or home is the grand, maybe they're not trying to follow you anywhere. Well, ours are very polite. I think they're respectful. respectful. And I say I say goodbye to them before I leave in the appropriate way that you're supposed to. So I think they're just like, we're cool. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. Bruh. <laughs> 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 All right. So here's what, here's what I got to ask for. Give me your best narrative associated with your experience. So, like, what's an experience I've had? Yeah, like... You know, uh, basically, I'm kind of asking you for your best ghost story. Okay. So, one that I've personally actually been through just happened. So, when I started doing the tours, I got a lot of publicity. So, we had a TikToker. And he's like, hey, you know, I'd love to come check out the Grand. And we're like, yeah, like, come do it. I'll give you a TikTok tour. Sounds great. So, he came with his sister. And he was making a TikTok video. And I took him in the basement. And for some reason, there's a long hallway. And that's where we do most of our well, part of our tour when we talk about a little boy spirit. A little boy spirit's very prevalent. Um, the story of him is that supposedly one day an unsuspected cold delivery came while he was out in the coal bin room, and it crushed him to death. And he was about um, anywhere from 11 to 13 years old. So he was a little boy. Um, and he's one of our most active ones. So I was telling them the stories about some things that have happened. And for some reason, I was on the other end of the hall that I'm never on. I always typically stand. There's always there's a door that leads back to our volunteer room where our elevators are. And normally I stand with my back facing it. Well, to that day, I happened to be facing towards it. So I was looking into the volunteer room. And as I'm telling this story for the first time ever, I saw what was like an apparition walk by as I'm talking about this little boy. And it was like a little thing. And he just kind of like walked right through the doorway. And I was like, oh, my God. Bruh. Seriously? So, yeah. So I stopped the TikToker. And I think he got it in his video. And then he did. I watched it to see if he kept it. And he took it out. But I was like, hey, hold on a minute. I was like, did you just see that? But they were facing me. So they didn't. But I was like, did you just see that? Hold on a minute. And they're like, what? And I was like, you guys are going to think I'm crazy or I'm making this up. But I've never actually seen something before. Just give me a minute to process what just happened. Because like I was just telling them the story. And then I just saw something. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was like, hold on a minute. And then I kind of like did the awkward laugh thing where you're like, oh, okay, hold on. <laughs> um, and then they kind of were looking at me like, okay, you're crazy lady. Like you're just trying to make a better story for TikTok. And I was like, okay, hold on one second. 
And I was like, okay. So then I, can, I went through with the story and I was like, hold on, we got to stop again. I just, I really need to process what just happened because I was so taken back. I've never seen him. He's my favorite little guy. He's the one I use the sticks with on our tours. Like he is my favorite ghost there. So I was like, it makes sense to me because we're really tight. Like me and him are BFFs. Like we're tight. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, oh my God, this just happened. Um, so yeah, I stopped him twice. And then I was like, all right, let's get on with your TikTok thing. Let's keep going. But yeah, that was the craziest thing that happened to me so far was I think I saw the guy and I messaged my coworkers and I was like, you guys. And on one of our tours, second serious thing that ever happened to me, um, we were giving a tour and we take people on our stage and say, oh, look out at the grand or we don't get to see it from the stage. And um, someone took a picture of the balcony and sent it to us and showed she came to find me and she's like you got to see this like as I'm starting my next tour so I'm like lady like I gotta go um and she's like oh I see a ghost in the picture and I'm like yeah I'm sure you do um but she sent it to us so a couple days later I'm looking at her email and I'm like all right I'll check out her picture that she thinks she got a ghost in I kid you not there's like a black figure sitting in one of the seats and I was like she just got like I'm pretty sure a ghost so I sent it my group chat and they're like Amber you put your husband up in the balcony like you staged that and I was like no I didn't like someone sent this to us on a tour I did not stage that my husband wasn't even in the building and they were like are you serious and I was like yes I'm serious this lady came up to me after the tour and said I got a ghost on camera and I was like yeah sure you did huh no literally so we got the picture we're gonna get it made and we're gonna hang it up because Whatever you believe in, there was something in that balcony that she caught. It was a figure of a man sitting in a seat. That's heavy. Yep. So, well, you know what? Okay, so how do people go about getting a ghost tour? Because, I mean, here's my thing. A person like me, I'm saying, no, I don't I don't need one. I'm good. Bruh. Like, I'm super good. <laughs> but I know there's other people who really are into it and, and would love to to be part of it and I didn't know this was something well until I met you I didn't know this was something that I didn't even know this was a thing for the grand so to know that this is considered one of the 10 most haunted places and this sounds pretty haunted because you know if this is like number 10 I don't want to know what number one and two is mm. <laughs> I don't either I don't either so um I'm just asked, like, how does a person go about making that happen? Yeah, so um, all month of October, next month, we're going to be having them on our schedule. So at some point, they'll be there. I can't say they're going to be every day, but if you check out our website on the thegrandoshkosh.org, um, around October time, next, we'll actually we'll probably post them in August, like we did this year. They sold out really fast. So in August is probably when we'll post out the tickets and the information, um, and it'll be select nights in October. Um, if you are dying to get a tour before October and you hit me up, if you go to the thegrandoshkosh.org, um, you'll see my contact information as Amber Hammond, um, and I'll give you my email. I am also happy to arrange them at other times of the year. Okay, so you can do a special tour, like if there's a group and they oh, really definitely. want to do it. Yeah, I would love to, and I have done that. We actually had a nursing home come and do a tour. What? From my hometown. And they didn't even know that I was there. So I was like, oh, you guys are from there? Like, so am I. And they're like, really? Um, yeah, we had a whole nursing home come, actually. I had people in walkers and wheelchairs using my sticks, and it was the best thing in the world. That does sound kind of cool. It was amazing. We had such a good time. Okay. That's what's up. All right. I like that. All right. Community. Okay. Well, what comes to my mind is literally Oshkosh in general. This is now what I consider to be like my community. I think like in a broader or like a more narrow sense, I think community to me has been like the downtown district, especially in Oshkosh. Um, we all really work closely together. Um, literally, we all know each other by name. We all call each other for favors all the time. 
um, and just feeling the sense of like we want to make our community a positive place for everyone, especially in downtown revitalizing it, making sure that everyone's having a good time. There's something always going on. Um, like the bond that we all have is really cool. Like other business owners and stuff and the grand, like we're all super connected actually. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's actually a really, really nice thing that we have going. Um, I really like, um, I like what downtown has become and is still continuing to transform into like, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. And I mean, I've been here for a long time and I've, I've seen this transformation and it's, it's amazing. Yeah, hopefully I'm a part of Leadership Oshkosh. And so we just met with like the city planners and stuff. And there's a lot of things coming up for downtown Oshkosh that I think are going to be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the transformation continues. It does. Okay. That's exciting. It's always good. Good to hear these things. I think people are really curious about, well, as a whole, what's the direction and particularly like what's going to happen on the South Main District and all these things. Um, cause, but it's nice to see that we're doing something. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, next segment, Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to share a gem of the Kosh. Uh, it doesn't have to be, well, it can be the Fox Cities also. Um, doesn't have to be a place or it can be something that everybody knows, but maybe they don't know this specific uh, detail about it. So what's your gem? So my gem and this is not because I work there, um, is actually at the Grand Lounge. A lot of people don't know about it. And then when they come up there, they're like, you guys have a lounge? And we actually do trivia there. We do bingo up there. We do uh, mini concerts actually right now in December for free up there. What? I didn't know about this. Yeah. um, It's a new thing that we started. We call it Dark Nights. Um, It was, they used to do it during summer months, actually. It was a program we brought back, kind of reimagined a little bit. And we did it. We've been doing it since June, actually. Um, And it brought a lot of people that aren't just interested in shows. I mean, a lot of them are, but they want to be there for other things too. And the lounge has so many purposes. Um, The free concert series is amazing because people that might not have access to the arts or, you know, can't afford it can come and they can hang out. And it's amazing. We have a lot of things that we do with like the homeless shelter and doing um, outreach events for them for free just to get them like involved. And it's amazing. So the Grand Lounge is actually a really good thing. It can be used for parties, meetings. It is. We've had weddings up there, like the buffets up there. And when people come up there, they're like, we never knew this existed. It's been there since 2009. I need a tour. Anytime. I'm always there. I live there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'm serious. though. I need a tour. I need to know. I want to know about this lounge. So, I mean, tell me more. I mean, like, so it's all purpose. Yeah. It's just this lounge. Uh, When is it open to the public? Is there, like, certain nights? You said there's bingo nights. There is. Uh, Like, what? How does that, yeah. how do you find out about it? And when, what's the regular thing? What's going on right now? That's the yeah. lounge. So the uh, Tuesdays, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. we have trivia. Um, so we have trivia Tuesdays. We have about 30 to 40 people that come. It's free to play. Um, the winner of the whole entire night gets a gift card to the Grand. The second place winner gets a gift card gift card to the Grand Lounge so you can go buy your drinks with it, um, which is kind of cool. So that's something you can do for free. Um, it is also a fully operational bar up there. So that's typically what I do. I bartend back there while my colleague does the trivia night and we just make a fun night of it. Um, bingo Wednesdays. So we do bingo on Wednesday nights, um, 7 p.m. Um, that's cool. They'll, those are done until January as of right now. Okay. Um, that just ended last week. So there's that. And then every time we have a performance, um, we're also, op- so every time we have a performance, the bar's open. The lounge is open before and after the show. 
Um, and then for First Fridays. So it's a downtown Oshkosh thing that they were trying out to do. First Fridays, the businesses were going to stay open later. And the Grand Lounge participated. So every Friday, we actually do First Friday, we do artist showcase. So we have local artists right now actually displaying their artwork up in our lounge. Oh. Yeah. So we work with um, the Oshkosh Art Collective. And she gives us a whole bunch of different names. And we've had, I think we're on our third artist now up in the lounge. That Now, this is truly a Kosh jewel. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, I got to check that out. Okay, that that was a whole slew. We will put notes in the pod. We will make sure that we put details in the podcast notes. Uh, yeah, because I think there's going to be the people are going to listen. They're going to be like, for real, for real? Or maybe I'm the one that's left out. Maybe I, I'm. Maybe everybody else knows. Like, and then I'm going to be mad because why didn't y'all tell me? Like, I'm I, like I'm decent at trivia. I'm not the worst. At least pop trivia. I'm not good at other types of trivia. Like, like don't do the history stuff. Like, I don't, I don't get down with we that. We do a lot of that. But we do baking. There's rounds where we do baking trivia. So There's maybe it'd be good. trivia. Yeah, so every yeah. round she changes it. It's so like one round might be pop culture. The next will be baking. The next one could be the history. Um, The next one could be, it's, she changes it. So every round's different. Okay. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, wait. So is the trivia done on, like, devices? No. Um. So what you do is you come in. She kind of makes a PowerPoint. So we do three rounds a night. So it's 10 questions each round, and there were different point values. And then, um, no, so what you do is it's literally paper and pencil. You write it down with your little team. You turn it into her at the end of your round. We tally the points um, via a Word doc, and that's it. Ooh, okay. Yep. I like it. All right, fantastic. I think we applaud this. Okay, so I'm going to challenge some Kosh listeners to go check these out. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um I think I'm going to make a field trip myself and go check this out. Um, since I live pretty close, this this might become a thing. That'd be awesome. Hey, fantastic. Um, so the next segment is, what does the Kosh need? Um, so this is kind of two-parted for me. So we're actually doing something about the thing that I have in mind. Um, my thing is the homeless population. So at the Grand, we actually have a lot of homeless people that are outside of our building a lot of the time, actually. Um, and they'll build little houses on the side of our property. Um, and at times, like it's, well, not at, at times, always, it's very sad to see. Um, and we are literally like right in the middle. We've had people sneak in because they're so cold outside. Um, we've had people come in during the middle of shows and just kind of like be in the Grand so they have something over their head during weather. Um, so I am very happy about like the homeless shelter expansion and all of that. But I also think like as a community, it's really nice to have resources. Um, like I said, we go do things for them for free to make them. And we always get the comment, you've made us feel like normal people again. And it literally breaks our heart every time and makes us cry. I kid you not. Every time we hear it, we cry. Um, and so that's why we do it because we want to bring the art to people that can't. And, um, so the homeless population is near and dear to my heart and the grand's heart, but to my heart, especially, Um, so just making sure that we have things also to provide for them too. Like, um, whether it is, we let them do things for free or give them things like, I, I love that. Um, and I think that what we're doing now is great, but there's always more that we could do. Um, you know, we've gotten feedback too. There's been a times where we've involved homeless people and we've gotten the comment, well, why are they here? And it's like, they belong here too. Um, so it's really, that topic's really near and dear to my heart. Um, but the other thing on a less... (laughs) Let's crying note. Um, would just be like kid-friendly activities. So we have kid-friendly activities, you know, at the public museum and everywhere you go. Um, but we don't actually have like a building dedicated to just kids' activities. And I hear this a lot in Leadership Oshkosh. I don't have kids. But it's the feedback that we get when we're out in the community at these places. A lot of the people in that program are parents. And so they say like, what can my kid do here? 
And there's things for kids to do at establishments, but there's not like, you know, Appleton's got building for kids. Yes. Like, what do we have Shout for kids? Shout out to Oliver <laughs> and his team. Yeah, so like, what what do we have for kids alone? Um, so that. It's something I've brought up in multiple um, earlier episodes. I used to talk about that because it was something I felt like it's the one missing thing. Mm-hmm. It, like, we don't have something to truly for to engage our kids. I mean, other than, and I don't mean like we don't have nothing, nothing. Cause I think what the community thinks the answer is, is the why. Um, so there's the why, um, right. There's some rec league stuff, but I'm, I'm talking about just cool stuff. There's the boys and girls club. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, there, you need other answers for what kids can do. We, we could use like one of those, uh, one of those places where you jump around. What, uh, trampoline know? park? Yeah, like a trampoline park. That would park. be cool. <laughs> I, I would like to see someone bring back the old Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Or or the McDonald's playgrounds. Those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Like, I just think there's things. Because we are, we present ourselves as a kid-friendly community. We are a kid-friendly community. But yet, I don't think we have anything, like, focused for the kids to do-do other than those couple of things I mentioned. Yeah, for sure. So I, I like that. Um, somebody's going to come along and make that happen, though. I say bring back Chuck E. Cheese. That pizza was fire. I'll Did get you? on the phone with a franchise person soon. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you. Hey, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm also traumatized by Chuck E. Cheese because one, one of my first jobs as a teenager was being actually Chuck E. Cheese. So, you know. Really? Yes. And kids are mean to him. Like, they, it's the tale. You can't be a big, can't be a big pizza, uh, big pizza rat and not, and not have a bunch of kids just basically pull on your tail and try to do you dirty. That's it's devastating. Just, is it really, or is it just really obvious that that's what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I used to love when Chucky came out and like threw tickets at you. Like that was amazing. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's, been, it's part of my professional legacy. I love that for you. Hey, well. <laughs> I love how you said it. I love that for you. You didn't say that I just love it. No, I love that for you. Uh it's not something I would do, but I actually would. I, would love you? I, I love it. I love it. I actually was the Titan mascot because I love being a mascot. Oh, were you the Titan mascot? I did that once. They were super desperate. And I'm very short, so I'm five three. And the admissions office when I was a tour guide was like, Is anyone five five or taller? We need someone for an admissions event. And I was like, Well, I'm five three and I'll do it. They're like, well, the costume is going to be terribly big on you. And I was like, that's fine. I'll do it. So I was a very short Titan one day at uh, preview day. And I took pictures with lots of kids that were taller than me. And it was probably hilarious. But I stepped up. You stepped up. I did. All right. Big fat shout out to the admissions team. You know, I used to work in the admissions. Did you? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for years. Uh, that was that was a thing. Love that squad. I'm, I'm real cool with them. Awesome. Um, okay. Oh, big shout out to Paul Galinsky, who's retiring. Um, great director. The, well, you know what? I think we're going to take a moment right here before we go into the next thing for a nice little commercial break. So. Hi, I'm Dawn Gulke, the executive director of Casa of the Fox Cities. Science proves that one consistent adult can change the story of a child. Could that one person be you? Become a court appointed special advocate. Build a relationship with a child, help identify their needs, and give that child a voice in a process that can otherwise feel lonely. Contact us today. Children who have experienced abuse and neglect can't wait. 
Learn more about Casa of the Fox Cities at casafc.org or call Leah at 920-257-4733. All right, we're back. Let's jump into the next segment, and that is the Naughty Slash Heroes Corner. This is your opportunity to nominate somebody to the Naughty or Heroes Corner. It doesn't have to be a person. It could be a thing. It could be an organization. It could be whatever you want it to be. What do you got? So I have two ideas for this. So my first one is just a general broad one. It's just the, the this is the nice this is the nice list. Um, so the hero <laughs> um, are donors that give to nonprofit organizations, um, not just during the holidays, but always. As someone who is a donor contact at an organization, um, it sometimes you know it's hard for us to have to call and ask for money. Um, it's awkward for us as well. It's not fun. Um, and it's not fun to be asked for money. I've been on that end too. But um, people that give to nonprofits, especially people that give willingly are absolutely amazing and heroes in my mind, no matter what one it is. They all have great missions. And I think that's amazing. Thanks. On a personal level though, um, the hero that has been a hero in my time in Oshkosh who truthfully is the reason why I'm probably still in Oshkosh is actually, I'm about to name drop, um, Mark Nylon at Greenhagen Conference Center. Oh Google. my man, that's my man. Mark is the best, best person in the world. Um, Facts. He is beyond passionate about his job. Okay, Facts. number one, he is the biggest UWO Titan fan you're ever going to meet. Um, he treats his student employees like absolute family. There were numerous times when I'd go through things personally that he didn't have to. There, You know, during EAA, he basically runs the show. Um, he does run the show. And um, I was his EAA manager. And a couple of weeks before EAA, I was going through some hard times in my personal life. Not this past one, but a couple of years ago. And um, he was very busy this day. Like I used to have access to his schedule. Like he did not have time to do anything. And he got word that I was going through some stuff. And he actually cleared out his schedule, said, hey, Amber, come downstairs. We're going to come. We're going to talk. And um, he literally was just like a listening ear for me and just wanted to hear from me. He knew I didn't have family around here. And he took the time out of his day. Like that man is crazy busy, especially during oh, a week. Facts. Like he's always moving. He's on a mission. We always laugh. And he probably knows this too, but he's got a stride and a strut in his walk. Oh, um, he's busy. It's legendary. It is. That, that walk is legendary. It is. And his socks when he wears shorts. That is our other favorite thing about Mark. But um, yeah, he, he wears <laughs> knee high socks. Um, but it's, it's our favorite thing about Mark. Um, not picking on Mark at any means. It's amazing. But, um, yeah, he cleared his schedule and talked to me and he didn't do that just EAA week. He has done that numerous times for me. He really stepped up to be like a mentor figure, literally almost like a second parent to me. Um, Mark became the shoulder I always went to. He was always reliable. He was always doing things to make us feel like his family. So he'd bring us like treats. If he had extra games to, or extra tickets to like herd games, he'd be like, Hey, you want to go to a herd game tonight? Take my tickets. Um, he was always willing to drop anything, do anything for UW Oshkosh and his student employees and students in general. Um, that man is a saint. Facts. I couldn't co-sign that anymore because it is just truth. And I mean, he is... He's the salt of the earth. That man walks on water. And I and people that know know, like, you won't meet somebody that works harder, um, is so compassionate. And he, he does. He will make time. 
He does. He literally is the best person I've ever met. And I strive to be half the person he is. And I don't even think I could, no matter how hard I try. But he is the exact example of like who I want to be in life is literally Mark Nyland. That is who I strive to be as an employer. Like, what would Mark Nyland do in situations? That's what I have to ask myself sometimes. Can we get those t-shirts? I, I will gladly make them. I'll get a hoodie. We'll get some. I'll hand them out to everyone. Yeah, I would love to. I think UWO should think about that. UWO should make what would Mark Nyland do t-shirts. Yeah. They would sell out. Uh, I thoroughly agree they would sell out in a heartbeat. But yeah, he has been such a role model in my life. The reason I'm still in Oshkosh, literally, and I don't even think he realizes how big of an impact that he makes on this community as a whole, but he does. If there's something going on in the community, he is there. Um, ever since I got my job at the Grand, he keeps in contact with me. He's like, what's going on at the Grand? Can I can I do something to help you? Um, and it's absolutely amazing, the relationship that I built with Mark. And I think he will forever be a friend of mine. I have to thank him for my world. He made me, truthfully, he made me who I am as an individual. He professionally trained me the best I could have been. And I get a lot of compliments a lot of time on my work ethic and stuff. And it's because of Mark. Straight up, it is because of Mark. There's no other reason. To Mark. Yeah, to Mark. I love that. That, that's how you do a hero. I, I, I felt that. I felt every, every statement about that. All right. Well, we're getting to that time. Every time. It feels good. I don't know what it is about that music when we get ready to go into the topic of the week, but that there says we're ready. I felt like an Avenger. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could, yeah, like I in a Marvel that. movie. In a Marvel movie? Yeah. Yeah. It, does, it makes you sit up a little straighter. It does. Oh, okay. So it's our favorite time. It is topic of the week time. So Amber. Oh, and as you know, the topic of the week is... 99.9% of the time chosen by our guest. There's only been a couple of times that uh, that did not happen, so I can't say all the time. But in this case, Amber, what is your topic of the week? So my topic of the week is invisible disabilities. So invisible disabilities are near and dear to my heart. Um, uh, I guess we'll start on why they're near and dear to my heart. So number one, um, disabilities, mental, physical, anything is hard, very hard on the person. And I watched growing up people with disabilities. I have a lot of people in my family and I saw how they struggled and it truthfully, you know, you always think like, Oh, you know, I feel bad for them. And yeah, until it happens to you and you really don't know what it means and what it does, then you have a whole new respect for them. And so when I was about 13 years old, um, my mother actually took me to audition for a play and she noticed that I was getting fat, she called it. And so she was like, Amber, are you doing okay? Like, you're getting kind of heavy. I was watching you dance. And then she was looking at my legs, and she goes, Amber, one of your legs is bigger than the other leg. And I was like, what do you mean it's bigger than the other leg? And she's like, Amber, it is fatter than the other leg. And I don't think that's like, not like you actually, I think there's something wrong. And we just kind of were like, eh, really? And she's like, no, we're going to figure this out. Um, So she... Took me to Milwaukee Children's, and they did a lot of tests. They shot fluids up my toes. Painful, painful, painful experience. I will never forget. I was like 13 and remember this pain like it was yesterday. But I also watched the Lizzie McGuire movie because I was really into like Lizzie McGuire back then, and it made it better. But anywho, I, I sidetrack. So they're shooting pain up my nose let, or toes. Let me watch a video the whole time, and they found out that my leg, um, my lymphatic system wasn't working in my leg. So they diagnosed me as having lymphedema 
Well, we thought, okay, you know, manageable. I'll just get a compression stocking. It'll be a good day. We got me a cute little pink one, so I'd wear it. Um, okay, well, um, a couple months later, my legs started turning purple. And my little toe on my leg was like blue. Like I was like, it's about to fall off my leg. Like it's blue. Um, so we got referred to Mayo Clinic in could, Minnesota. Could you feel this? Yeah, it was very painful. I don't, I don't remember anything besides it being very painful. Um, so we took me to Minnesota and they did some more testing and they actually found on a MRI, um, yeah, on an MRI that I had had when I was like little, little, like I was a little girl. I don't remember what age, but it was way before I had been there. They did a bunch of testing. They were like, yeah, she's got lymphedema, but there's something else. Lymphedema doesn't cause your leg to not have blood flow. It just, you know, works with your lymphatic system, but you shouldn't be turning purple. And so they dug into my records and they found on that MRI from years previous that I um, actually had a condition called May Thurner syndrome, which was something that shrinking elderly women get. And I had this from a young age. So they're like, oh my gosh, you're like a medical anomaly. And I had like seven doctors working on me and because they didn't know what to do. They were like, we don't know what to do. You are a child with a disease for elderly women. Um, So what it meant was that my left iliac vein was compressed by my spine and my right iliac vein. So my left leg was getting no blood flow, essentially, very little. And the superficial veins in my legs are essentially dead. So I just have my main vein working for me right now. And um, so we made the decision to put a stent in my leg. And the decision um, was with a lot of warnings. It was, you know, stents aren't made to be that long lasting. Like, what does that mean for Amber in the future? We don't know, but like her leg's purple. So what are we going to do? Um, so we made the decision to get a stent put in my leg. To this day, I don't know what that means for me. And I don't think about it. So what does it mean when I'm 40? I don't know. But I always say to anyone that I talk to about any of this going on that, you know, I've had to come to terms with the fact that I'll probably be in a wheelchair by the time I'm like 40. I might not be able to work by the time I'm 40. We'll talk a little bit more about why that also is true. There's more to the story. Um, but I had to come to grips with like, you got to live life fast because I have been having health issues like no tomorrow. Um, so that was the start of it. Um, then I got a little older. Then essentially what happened was I started having a lot of issues with like, you know, my menstrual cycle and stuff. And we found out that I would probably have endometriosis when I was little. But they're like, hey, we don't want to test you for it because you're so little. It'll it'll damage you. Like, we're not going to do it. But when you're old enough to have children, we'll test you for it. And I was like, okay. so in the meantime, what am I supposed to do about all my like symptoms? Like I would miss school for days on end on the floor crying because it hurt so bad. And I was bleeding so bad. There were days I had to wear like women's depends diapers because I was bleeding so bad. And they were like, well, you can't do anything about it yet. Um, And I couldn't. The solution to that um, for anyone listening that knows would be to put me on birth control. Well, because of my leg, I was on blood thinners and other medication and I could not be on birth control because it affected my leg. So there wasn't a solution. So we just sat on it for a little bit. So I dealt with it for a lot of years. Um, Then fast forward a few more years and I was driving one day and all of a sudden I couldn't see. I was blackout. Like I'm driving on the road. I can't see in front of me. And it was maybe for three seconds, but it felt like um, like minutes. And I, w- I remember driving and being like, I do I stop? Do I keep going? Like I'm on a highway. I don't know what to do. It felt like forever, but I know it wasn't. And so I called my mom and I'm like, hey, like my head's been really hurting. I'm sick all the time. Like I don't know what's happening. So I go to the doctor and I find out that I have um, intracranial hypertension. So pseudotumor cerebri is the medical term. 
And so my body essentially thinks it's got a tumor, um, but it doesn't have a tumor. Um, but my um, the veins in my eyes, my optic nerves are swollen. So I was losing my vision. Um, so there was a solution to that was to get me on some medications. And we, I had three spinal taps to figure out that that's what was my issue. So had a lot of spinal taps, um, but now I'm like a pro. So now they're fine. Um, but the first couple, I was scared and they'd always get me with, you know, they jab your little nerve and your leg would flinch in the air and you're like, ah, and they're like, oh, sorry. Every time, every time they always hit a nerve, but it's okay. Um, so yeah, I had that done. So I have a lot of invisible disabilities is what I'm going to call it because my leg is only at the most actually five centimeters bigger than my other one, but it actually makes getting shoes really hard, pants really hard. All my pants are like humongous on my waist but I have to get them to fit my leg so like skinny jeans which are you know in well mom jeans are in now but skinny (laughs) jeans um which were in at the time um were really hard for me to get my legs into and it would hurt I danced I was very active in high school I danced did soccer like anything was me I cheerlead for a little bit um so they said keep the physical activity keep it going you got to do it so I did um but it always made my leg get really really big so my leg swells, it holds a lot of fluid in it. Um, I eventually, you know, got off the blood thinners after time. And the only medication that I currently have to be on is for my eyes um, because we don't want it to regress and go back. They took me off for, I think, two months and I started losing vision again. So we decided that was probably not a good idea. Um, so now I'm on that. Um, and then the only solution to that would be if I got a shunt put, shunt put in my head um, to help drain my fluid from my brain. And that's not fun either because you can get like infections in it. And like, I don't want someone ripping open my neck. Like we're good. Um, so nope, that didn't happen. So essentially all my illnesses fight each other. Medicine that helps them doesn't help them. Now we're going to get back to the endometriosis story. So now I'm old and I'm married. I'm not old. I'm only 24. Um, But now I'm older and I'm married. And, you know, so the topic of kids comes up. And um, all my life, I guess I'm going to call this lucky. And to people listening, you probably say this isn't lucky. But I never really was the type that wanted kids. So I guess I got lucky. But my husband did. So when um, we got married, I looked into my options and I said, hey, you know, I think I have endometriosis, but like, we'll see what happens. And I, we never tried to get pregnant because of me not wanting kids. Well, keep in mind, I'm still going through the painful processes of things. So I went to the doctor, um, not that long ago, we're talking within the last like six months, this has all happened um, now with the endometriosis continuing. And so I went back to the doctor and He had told me that, yep, you got it. Like they did a whole bunch of tests on me. Um, But the only issue is there's no way to remove it because to help it would be to put me on birth control. Now birth control doesn't only affect my leg. It also affects my head. Um, Young people with intracranial hypertension, uh, birth control actually makes it worse and can be something that causes it to happen in young women um, because typically it happens in obese people actually um, is the normal cause. So they're like, well, we can't treat you with that. So I was like, okay, well, what else can we do? And they're like, well, we can put you into menopause. And I was like, cool. Menopause at 24. Sounds good. Um, but weight gain, which you get during menopause affects my leg. So I was like, how do I manage that? And they're like, well, it's going to be fine, but this is what we're going to have to do. Well, long story short, um, they sent the medication to the insurance company and that's where we're at right now. So don't know what's happening with that journey yet. But I do not plan to have kids. Um, I brought my husband to the appointment so he could hear it as well. And essentially, they said if I did, you know, I'd be really high risk. I would potentially lose my vision because weight gain affects my intracranial hypertension as well as my leg, um, which is jeopardizing my vision. 
also my leg. So um, it's a really difficult road. Um, and all of this stuff we say is invisible because you can't see my head. You can really not see my leg, especially if I have pants on. You can't tell. Um, and I don't make it known, which I don't know if that's like a fault or a good thing. But I don't walk around like, oh, got a bad leg. Can't help you. Like, no, I don't do that. Um, I act like it's normal. My head gives me trouble. I wake up a lot of times, like almost daily, and I'm in very bad pain. I'm sick. I have arthritis in my lower back. Um, visible disability right there. Um, so I have a lot of things going on. And I guess growing up, like I said, I saw people with disabilities that were apparent. And I didn't even realize, like, you know, I knew it was bad and I'd always feel bad. But I didn't realize exactly what they went through until I was going through it myself. And the worst part is when people don't know. So even when it comes to the mental, I developed a really bad case of anxiety, like really bad, what you think is funny because I told you I gave the commencement speak. I get speech. I've given a um, TED talk actually in September. And you'd be like, well, how'd you do that? You have anxiety. I don't know. I just do it. I tell myself like, hey, this is a big thing for you. You're going to go do it. And I go do it. Um, and I know that's not the case for everyone. And that's why it's really hard when I'm like, yeah, I have anxiety. Because people are like, well, you're on TV. How do you have anxiety? Oh, no. You can be on TV and have anxiety. I mean, anxiety rears its head in all sorts of ways. Truly, yeah. Um, so that's that's hard. So mentally and physically, I have some stuff going on. And I think it really opened my eyes to people with invisible disabilities, but also disabilities in general. So, um, But it opened my eyes to be like, you know, people go through some stuff. And we don't realize it. A lot of times people say, oh, you know, she's so young. So I'm always the sacrificial lamb when it's like, oh, we need to reset up a room. Let's have Amber do it. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> Amber, Amber hurts. Um, but like I, I do it. And most of the time, you know, I don't make a fuss over it. And I volunteer myself way more than I should. Um, I probably shouldn't do half the things I do. Um, but I don't let it stop me from being a normal person because I think I face the reality that I'm going to end up in a wheelchair, in a nursing home. Some days I can't really get up because um, my arthritis will hurt in my leg and it all goes together. And so I'll wake up in the morning and literally like my back is so stiff I cannot get out of bed or I'll walk and I have to like hold my back. Um, and, you know, I'm 24. So what does that mean for me? I don't know. No one can tell me. Um, Mayo Clinic, we call them every time I get a new diagnosis and they keep saying, you know, nothing is correlated to each other. I just have all these rare diseases. I don't know how. Um, so I had genetic testing done to see, like, is it my genetics? No, actually. There's nothing in my genetic testing that's shown that any of this was caused by that. It's just all happened to me. Um, so I think I've been trying to make the most out of my life while I can because I don't know how mobile I'll be. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's going to affect my long-term health. Like, will I die in two years because of my health. Maybe. I don't know at this point. I get a new diagnosis every year, um, which I think has made me ultimately a stronger person. And that's why I try to do so much. You know, I got out of college thinking you just got to become a CEO of a company. Um, and I've stuck with that mentality. Like, no, I deserve to be a CEO by now. So I like overwork myself and I do a lot more than I should in a lot of different capacities. Um, I take on 20 different jobs, part-time jobs, full-time jobs, whatever, because I want to get the most out of my life while I can. I want to take these experiences because I want to become a big deal in my head, which my ultimate goal someday is to run a nonprofit. That is exactly what I want to do with my life. And I um, learned that during my internship. I interned at the Parent Center and Gardens. And I always thought I'd work at like Coca-Cola. I was going to be that big wig in the CEO chair at Coke, a cola. Coca-Cola. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I realized when working at the pain that 
it was more about making people happy to me and seeing what I did and how it affected others. So I'd plan their wedding for them and then they'd have an amazing day. And I was like, wow, I did that. Like I helped that. And it made me feel good. And I want to be that person all my life. So I really would like to be in the nonprofit world all my life. And I'm trying to do the most I can to get to the position I want before I can't. So my goal is to be a very young director of a nonprofit because I'm trying to get there and I don't know how long I can work. And yeah, but more of the story. I think with invisible disabilities, it is such a common thing. Um, During my TED talk, I mentioned a lot of statistics, but there is over half the population in Wisconsin that have an invisible disability and over 90% of that half have two or more. And I don't think that like everyone realizes that. So like you're walking into people all the time that like maybe you, you know, you don't know what they have going on in their life. I used to have to have a handicap sticker on my car when I first got my stents. I've had two stent placements now. Um, and this one lady, I remember pulling into a parking lot and she's like, I got on my car and she's like, you should really save that spot for someone that needs it. And I was like, okay. And I got back in my car and left because I was so embarrassed. And I was like, you don't even know, like, you don't know. Um, and that kind of sucked and I get it. Like you don't see it, but you also don't know. And like, these things are real. These things suck. Um, like I said, I get out of bed and if you look at me, I look normal. I wear heels every day. You think I'm like on top of the, no, 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 no. Far from the truth. I get to go do all this fun stuff. And then at night I suffer for it. I literally lay in bed and like, I ache, I hurt, I'm exhausted. I, there's nothing I can do to fix it. And I think the hardest part is just been when your illnesses work against you. Like, I feel like I'm let down by my own body and I can't treat myself because of other things. And it really made me want to be an advocate for other people with this issue. So I always keep in mind when I'm working with people, like you don't know what people are going through. And the other hard part though, devil's advocate, even against myself is you also don't know unless you're told, but that's where it's tricky. Cause it's like, do people have to tell you? No. But if they tell you, you understand. And that's why I've always been really open because I want people to know like, Hey, I am a sick person. Um, but sometimes it doesn't always stop them. Like a lot of times people know that I'm sick and they'll be like, Amber, you want to do this? And it's something I probably shouldn't do. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that. No, I wouldn't. But I do it um, because of the goals I set for myself. Because of the, I think in my head, the more I do, the better it makes me look. Does it always? I don't know. Um, so it's a struggle. It really is. And I think that invisible disabilities are something that people really need to be mindful of and pay attention to. People with crippling anxiety or depression that can't always talk in public and you might think like oh like something's wrong with them or oh they're not smart enough to hold a conversation no it might not be that I always get told all the time that I appear very rude um because I don't always engage in conversation because I'm scared (laughs) um a lot of times I'm so anxious to be at somewhere because you know you always got the maybe someone doesn't like me and I know it okay and like truthfully like I'll know this person doesn't like me and I'm in the room with them and if I have such bad anxiety no I'm not gonna talk because I have such bad anxiety a lot of days I'm in pain and I don't want to take it out on people so there's other times I'll go to functions and people will be like well Amber just sat there well yeah because Amber's in a lot of pain (laughs) and like there's no good way to say it like oh I'm really hurt today and then they want to talk to you about why you're hurt which is fine or like oh you know like my head's really sore. Like when my head hurts, my head hurts and I'll still go to stuff, but I don't want to sit there and like talk with you for 90 minutes. Like I I would love to, but I can't, I really can't. And if I do, like I get nauseous, I throw up, like it's bad. Um, so it makes people appear rude. It doesn't always mean because someone's like in a bad mood or rude that like they're a rude person. Like they really could have something. I'm not justifying it. Like there's a time where you need to be like, Hey, you know, like don't, don't use your illness to be rude to people. But 
there are times where, you know, I've been labeled as this terrible, horrible person because I don't talk or I don't say enough. And it's like, well, I know because I'm really nervous or I'm really sick today. Um, and quite frankly, it was enough for me to get out of bed and come, especially when it's like to different like social gatherings where it's like, I don't have to be here. I chose to come here just to be around. Um, but that makes it difficult a lot of times because then I'll go and people will be like, oh, Amber was so rude today. And it's like, no, I just really sick. Sorry. Um, yeah. So it makes it hard. People know that I'm sick and still don't really care they're like well she came so she's feeling good not always no i think people don't understand it that's true like you know like um you what it feels like like i think people have a tough time relating to anyone's pain true. um you know because uh, you people share pain all the time and i think unless you have your own pain people think how bad can it be uh, they don't understand to the level or to the extent. Um, no matter what you share, um, and I just want to take a moment right now and just say thank you, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable right now. Like this, this is real. Um, but I just think that's there's this disconnect that like no matter how much you share what you're going through right now, it's still like I. How can you possibly truly understand? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. And it's hard to the people around me. Like I told you too with the baby thing. The baby thing is a huge thing um, in my household. And I know he'd be comfortable with me sharing it. But essentially, um, you know, we'll be at places. We'll be at functions where someone just had a baby. And to me, it doesn't bother me because like I've mentioned, I, I was never the type that liked playing with baby dolls. I didn't want a baby. I thought it was too much work. Um, so... <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't want that for myself. Um, but because of my husband wanting that, there's times where we'll be at things and people be playing with babies and like, oh, you know, the baby's adorable. Let's hold it. Oh, do you want to hold it? And it's like, no, I really don't. And it doesn't affect me. But then, you know, all of a sudden, like the people that I care about, it's like my husband will get quiet or he won't talk. And then we'll get in the car and he'll be like, yeah, that was kind of hard. And it's like, I get that. It's hard because people want to celebrate, you know, new joys in their life. They want to celebrate being pregnant. They want to celebrate babies as they should. That's great. Cool. But also being mindful of who's in the room with you. Um, you know, like ex- this exact instance I'm talking about just happened not that long ago. Like, you know that this couple can't have kids and you're going to sit there and talk about it. Like, that's hard. Um, people bring it up to me. I'll be at functions all the time and everyone always wants to talk about their kids, which is great. I love it. I like hearing about it to an extent. But after time and time, it's like, hey, like I can't. And it really sucks for my husband who really wants it to have to keep hearing about it. So like, oh, my kids are going to do this. Or especially when you get asked the question, everyone knows not to ask, when are you going to get pregnant? That is a terrible question. Um, That question, like to the point of like, it's brought people I care about to tears. That question is terrible Um, because the truth is like, there's a lot behind it. And if you tell them, you know, I can't have kids or whatever, then they give you solutions. Oh, you could adopt kids. Oh, you could do this. It's like, yeah, you don't think I thought about that? I have. Um, We've looked into it. When we looked into the kid thing, we looked into adoption and you had to be married for a year. So like when you're married for a year, you call us back. And that's still the thing we might do. But it's like, that's still something that we don't know about. I'm not going to be like, yeah, we're definitely going this route. And then not like, I don't know yet. Um, So it's hard when people just ask questions like that. It's, you don't know, like it's not, or who's to say that they weren't trying already and they've had numerous um, miscarriages. Like that's happened. I have people in my family that have endometriosis and can't have babies and want them so bad. And there's been times where people just say, you know, for example, someone in my family loves to extreme coupon. And so you always have to get the tiniest quantities. And one time there was um, baby aspirin 
and she cannot have kids. She's had like seven miscarriages now and they want them more than anything, but they cannot. And so she was couponing and the cashier's like, oh, your poor baby. It must, you must, your baby must be so sick. And she actually had just had a miscarriage the week before. So like, hmm. Um, so just being sensitive and mindful of questions is a huge, huge part of this. And it's really hard. And I get it. Like, you don't know. And everyone wants to talk about it. Kids are happy. It's a happy topic. I just think is, I think it's a connection point. It is. Right. It, like, I think people, it's like talking about the weather. <laughs> talking about kids is kind of like one of those safe connection points. If you, if you're a parent, right? Because yeah. you, whether I know you well or not, you can say something about your child and like, there's just some similarities to some of the things that you go through if you're a parent, right? So that's how I look at kid conversations is it's just one of those, it's become a very safe connection point, but we don't think about people with invisible disabilities. Yeah, or what they're, yeah, mentally, physically, whatever they're going through. But right. invisible disabilities, it's rough. And, I mean, even when it comes to asking for tasks at work, just because someone looks young doesn't mean that they're not, like, that they don't have something going on. You know, just because I'm younger, I was always asked to, like, haul heavy tables places or put away chairs. And it's like, I really shouldn't. I really, really shouldn't. And I do. And anyone that I've ever worked with at any place will tell you that I will do it. I will do anything. <laughs> um, and I shouldn't. And I shouldn't. And part of me is, like, I should be mindful enough to say, no, I'm not going to do this. But at other times I also kind of wish that people just wouldn't ask. And I know like that sounds bad, but if you like know, and I've told you like, Hey, I shouldn't be lifting more than this. I shouldn't be pulling this. I almost wish someone for once would be like, Amber, maybe you shouldn't do that. Um, okay. Nine times out of, okay. 9.9 times out of 10, I'm going to say, I'm going to do it anyway. Cause there's been times where people have been like, you probably shouldn't. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to do it because <laughs> I don't want to feel. So I just kind of contradict myself, but I don't want to feel different. And I think that's a big thing with people with invisible disabilities. Like I don't want you necessarily to treat me different. I don't want to be known as that because I can still function. I still go to stuff. I still do stuff. And I don't look like I'm, I'm going to use the term sick loosely because that's what I call it. I don't look like I'm sick. I look fine. Um, so I don't want people to perceive me that way and be like, well, yeah, Amber can't you know, plan events because she's too sick to like, no, some days it's hard. It's hard to, but if I want to, I want to be able to, I don't want someone telling me, no, you can't because of your disability. Um, and you know, it depends on the person and their disability. Obviously, if I get to the point where I'm in a wheelchair and I really can't, I really can't. But for right now where I can still manage and it's okay. And I still can wear the high heels. We're okay. And I can do it and I will do it because I'm determined to, because I want to get to the spot that I want to be in in life. That went hard. I just want to give this pause for a second because that that was powerful. Um, let me ask you a question that I'm kind of curious about. Do you consider yourself part of diversity? I've never been asked that, and that is the best question I've ever been asked. Actually, I would say yes. I would say I am. Because I am my own category. Well, not my own, but I am a category. I'm not, you know, a normal, quote-unquote, person. I have a lot of stuff wrong, and I think that I have a lot of... I have things that put me in a category, yeah. So this is this is where... Um, and, and instead of... I want to call it an identity. You have identities. I love it. And so this is something I talk about all the time, about how we're all diversity. 
we all have these identities and there's identities that like people don't think about because when you say that word, people automatically go to cultural or race or something like that. But no, diversity is exactly everything that you just talked about because this is your identity and it's not, it's an individual identity um, that a majority doesn't share. So therefore it's diversity too. And when people talk about diversity, I always want to make sure that they realize that we're talking about people like you and me and everyone else. So it's not this charged word that's everybody's fighting over or feels attacked over. Um, it's us. It's all of us. Yeah, I love so, that. So I'm I'm super yeah, that was just it was powerful. Anything else you want to share? Not until the closing. Fair. All right. <laughs> all right. I like it. Okay. All right, it's that time. We're gonna start winding down. Um, once again, Kosh listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for giving us your time and your mind um, and listening. And and please, 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 you know, as I always say, do not hesitate to reach out to us. Um, reach out to us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. With this particular episode, I think there's people that might, if you've got an invisible disability and you want to talk about it too, or if you want to share, or if you've got comments or statements, whatever it is, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you would like to be a guest, we'd love to have you. Uh, as you know, we, we get these amazing guests and we talk about any and everything. We keep it real here. Um, it's that season. It's the holiday season, so anybody out there who would like to send some shout-outs, birthday shout-outs, any type of shout-out, whatever you would like to do, hellos, highs, byes, congratulations, whatever it sounds like, looks like, we have a voicemail uh, at the Kosh, and that voicemail is 920-385-9298. Once again, that is 920-385-9298. Please, please, please feel free to give us a call. And... Kosh listeners, you know I've been making this request for a couple episodes now, and I'm going to keep making this request. Give us a ranking. Go out there, out wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple, wherever. You know, let them know how we're doing. Um, tell them whether we're a great show or not so great show. Whatever it is, let people know you're listening. We we would highly, highly appreciate it. Also, please feel free to, if you ever want to, give us an email and let us know because um, we're a work in progress. We're always trying to do better. And because this is a community-focused podcast, we want to hear from the community. Like, that's super important. So, now we go to my favorite part of the show. It is shout-out time. All right. So, Amber, who you got to shout-out? So, I would love to give a shout-out to my family and friends, especially for being understanding of the disabilities that I just talked about. But I would also love to give a shout-out to the Grand Oshkosh, um, who is so understanding of my invisible disabilities. And they have become my best friends, every single one of those workers there, because they do understand, they do listen, they do care about me. Um, So, thank you to them, especially. So, my family, friends, and to everyone at the Grand Oshkosh. All right. Anyone else? 
right. And you for letting <laughs> me be here. <laughs> I'll take that. That's fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna send some shout outs. Uh, my shout outs. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to um, African Heritage Inc. African Heritage Inc. put on Soulful Christmas uh, yesterday in Appleton, and oh my god. That was an amazing, amazing event. There's nothing like a black Santa Claus that makes me happy. And <laughs> and just it was, there was all of these. They had over 600 gifts to give the children. There was these vendors, and it was packed. It was packed. It was warm. People traveled. There was people from Green Bay and Oshkosh and all over the place in the region. I think there might even, I think somebody said some people came from Milwaukee um, to be part of this. Um, it was just powerful. And so I just want to give that shout out to African Heritage Inks for always being on the forefront of serving our communities here, um, particularly our African-American uh, communities in the region. Um, y'all kill the game every time, every, every time. Um, I'd like to send a shout out to every individual who is either working on toy drives, volunteering or has made donations to toy drives. There is nothing like seeing young people that get the opportunity to get a gift and they may not have gotten one otherwise. Um, I was just in that scenario the other day and it's powerful. Um, and there's a lot of families struggling this year. So um, for everyone out there who's doing, doing the work, whatever it looks like, or who's donating, um, those donations matter. These people need you. We need each other. Let's take care of each other. Um, and I, and let it not be just in this holiday season, but during this holiday season, it's especially important because it's when people feel it the most, I think. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, big fat shout out to the wife and her birthday because I don't think I did that yet, and I want to make sure I do. So it is Sagittarius season. So shout out to the wife for her birthday. Uh, I love you, baby. And um, there is a shout out to Kevin and every other person with a December birthday. You already heard what I said earlier in the episode about us getting cheated. So I just want to send a special shout out to all of us who share these December birthdays. You know, there's a thing to that. <laughs> all right. Now. We roll into the last part of the show. So, last part of the show, you have a choice, Amber. What we do is A, B, or C. A is parting words of wisdom. B is what would yourself today tell your 12-year-old self? And option C, you can do both, all of the above. So, <laughs> however you want to get down. Okay. So, my parting words of wisdom, actually, I'll start with 12-year-old self. So if I could tell my 12-year-old self anything, I would tell myself to never let anything stop you. Um, I really kept that as a big mantra, and I also want to tell myself that everything is going to be okay. I think there are nights that I spent crying and wondering what's all going to happen in my life, and it ultimately works out the way it's supposed to work out, and it did. So I would tell my 12-year-old self that it's going to be okay. Um, my parting words of wisdom are just... Simply this, please be mindful in anything that you say because you never know what someone is going through. Facts, 100% facts. Thank you. What you think? It's amazing. It's the cash. 